the High Sensory People podcast with Jane and Alicia. I'm Alicia May. I'm a high sensory coach, facilitator, and creative empath. I'm really passionate about helping those that are ready to connect with their energetic selves, own their value and truth. And I'm Jane Elizabeth Aston. I'm a high sensory facilitator and spiritual connection coach. I'm all about exploring our spiritual nature, connection and alignment with who we really are. We're high sensory people and we want to inspire and empower all HSPs to own their amazing qualities and unique gifts. We would love you to join us on this journey. Hello everyone. Today we're going to be talking about intuition. Now this is a topic that Alicia brought up last night that we might want to talk about it and I have to say my immediate reaction was "Mm, I don't know about that one. I don't really know if I've got anything to say about it. However overnight um, I uh, found myself intuitively knowing that I had quite a lot of things to say about it. So um, it's a great topic, Alicia. And uh, tell us why you wanted to talk about it. Yeah, and um, and your comment I thought was hilarious last night because I was like, Jane, but you're so intuitive. <laughs> like every decision you make is based on your intuition. Like you're a genius with it. Like, of course you have things to say. So, um, so yeah, so intuition, you know, what... What is it? It um, to me, I, I love calling it the the human native language. You know, it's it's what every human being is born with, whether you're HSP or not. But with HSPs, I believe it's sort of potentially even stronger in us, or we can just access it quicker. I also have observed that the more um, HSPs in particular act upon it you know, we really can create such profound effects in the world with people around us and, you know, with the relationship with ourselves. You know, it's part of our high sensory intelligence as as a whole. Some people might call it, um, oh, and what I always, always like to call it is it's the internal navigation system. Like it's the born, it's, you're born with it. It's an integral part of us. You can't, you can't remove it. You can't, you can't really ignore it because, you know, we'll go into examples um, later on, but, you know, the more I ignored it, the louder it got, but it got really uncomfortable um, the more I ignored it. Some people refer it to that sort of gut instinct, that sort of knowing, that unexplainable feeling of knowing that you need to do something, you need to change something. You're just kind of like, hang on a minute, this job just doesn't work for me. Hang on a minute this relationship isn't good for me. You know, whatever example it is, or it's walking into a shop and you just have this feeling of you need to, I don't know, buy something that just is going to really help you with your life or um, an item of clothing that you're like, I don't know why I like this clothing, but there's just something about it that is just kind of like gravitating you towards it. But it's this sort of unexplainable aspect of us that um you know just has our back doesn't it yes I think well it does it does and um as high sensory people 
the more we can tap into our intuition, I think the better for us and ultimately the better for the people around us and the better for our communities and countries in the world. But also as high sensory people, um, a lot of us get very disconnected from our intuition. Um, those of us who grew up in a quite a fear-based society, I suppose, um, we get conditioned out of trusting our gut, trusting our instincts. And, uh, and, and for me, it's, you know, it's been a real, you know, long road to kind of rediscovering, reconnecting with what I know to be true for me inside my, you know, my deep internal knowing. And, um, you know, in the um, in the 12 step recovery program, in the um, in uh, the original text the big book of alcoholics anonymous there's um there's there's promises with each step comes a set of promises which are just sort of littered throughout the the text as it goes through how to work the steps and one of the step nine promises is we will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us and um and I remember when I was, you know, early doors in 12-step recovery and, and the meetings I would go to, the promises, were, those particular promises were, were read out at the end of most meetings. And I remember thinking, gosh, that sounds almost magical, mystical in its, you know, in its assertion, what it's talking about. We will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. And... Um, but I have to say, over time, you know, I've been associated with 12-step programs for 20 years, more than 20, more than 20 years now, gosh, um, and, you know, clean and sober for 14, 14 plus years. And, and I have felt my intuition or my connection with my intuition growing and getting stronger over that time. And I also like to think of it as a, as a, as a God consciousness, the God within me and the God outside me, it is a connection and a consciousness with all of that. And, you know, we do know some stuff. We came in with some stuff which we forgot and then we relearn. And, and all of that to me is intuition. And it's a really beautiful topic. Mm, yeah, I knew you'd like it. Yeah, I do. So, yeah, you, you've said some things that have, have really brought up some stuff for me. So, you know, you were saying about... Um, you know, growing up and, you know, getting into adulthood, we're, we're sort of almost taught to distrust it, um, aren't we? Yeah, because we can't see it. We can't <clears throat> yeah, prove it. We, we can't, can't explain it. It doesn't stack up. Right. If we do, if we did it in a spreadsheet, it wouldn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. And and it goes against the grain. It goes against convention. The intuition that we have inside us goes for us, but goes against the norm. It goes against what people demand of us and expect of us. Expectations. And, it goes against yeah, expectations and it defies logic yeah, sometimes. exactly. But the results are always so profound, magical, like you said, and um, and gets us the, the, the right results. Mm. You know, I, I sometimes feel um, it's kind of like the inner child talking to us. You know, it's, it's our inner child going, hey, do you remember when we used to do this? And 
actually, um, come on, Alicia, this this isn't working for you. Like, let's get honest, Alicia. Like, this isn't working for you. Let's go off and do something else. Yes. Like kids intuitively do, don't they? Whether it's games, whether it's food, you know. I mean, okay, they do have to listen to the parents to a point, but kids are so intuitive. Um, and it really is about trusting yourself, really trusting that inner, knowing that inner child, you know. And, and you'd said something which brought up that whole... Um, the really sad connotations that's still out there where it's that kind of woo-woo like if somebody says well how do you know to do this do you know I just I just intuitively know people sort of get a bit like oh god here we go again it's woo-woo talk like like you said it's not um you you can't quantify it you can't explain it you can't like you say put it into a spreadsheet um so it, it you know a lot of people think you can't trust it but you absolutely can you know one of my um coaching clients um she works in in the hospitals and um in in the cardiology department and her intuition is just profound and she's intuitively known when patients are about to have a turn for the worse get in there literally minutes before go to the doctors go to her colleagues and say look I can't explain this, but we've got to look at this patient for X, Y, Z. And you know what? They've ended up saving that person. It's just profound. And I have heard of these medical stories. um, And it is, and this is why it is so important for any HSPs, no matter what industry you're in, there's there's a warning system. It is, like you say, it's, it's connected to everything else. It's this amazing... I don't know, life force almost, isn't it, that moves through us and and is connected to everything and it wants the best for us. You know, maybe this is a good way to get into examples Um, because although I've been in situations where I've I've gone against my intuition and it's bit me on the backside and I've known, oh, you idiot why didn't you listen to yourself you knew it's like yeah I knew but I just didn't listen it's like I had to prove something um and then other examples of listening to my intuition and it's actually felt really uncomfortable but in the long run totally worth it you know there might be um immediate discomfort you know like breaking up with somebody you know, I've known to intuitively break up with somebody and I'm like, oh my, this is going to be really uncomfortable. But it was always for the for the best, always for the best. Over to you, Jane. Yes, thank you. And, and I think breaking up with somebody at, at the right time when we know it to be true for us is one of the you know ultimate examples of this if we think about when we met I was with my partner of nine years uh the longest relationship I'd ever been able to sustain and and generally very happy peaceful good relationship certainly the best one I'd had and yet after I started having conversations with you and with others, you know, on the, the, the coaching program that we did, I I just got this unshakable feeling knowing that this relationship was no longer right for me. And 
if I put it on a spreadsheet, if I wrote a list of reasons to stay and reasons to go, I would still be in that relationship. You know, we were comfortable. We get on, we got, we got on well, we still get on well. We got on well, you know, we had a cat and a dog and a home and, you know, we'd built a, a life together. Um, we, you know, we functioned very well. And yet there was something inside me which when I got in touch with it made me feel almost nauseous with this deep knowing that uncomfortable and inconvenient and expensive (laughs) though this decision might be I had to make it I had to do it and and I you know with your help and with you know just kind of you know all my program my meditation my prayer my connection with my higher power I reached deep down into me and found the right moment to have the conversations that were necessary to bring this relationship to a to a close and it it ended up being an extraordinary breakup in its in in the way that we were actually both on the same page because my conversation helped my then partner to really look at what he wanted and it turned out that he also knew that it was time for us to to you know call it a day and and we we did that peacefully and our breakup took quite a long time although you know we basically broke up that day we continued to live together for another 10 months while we sorted out all of the practical arrangements we're still great friends the dog and the cat went to live with him I still see them not at the moment while I'm in Greece he's looking after you know some of my stuff while I'm here and we're great friends and you know my intuition felt inconvenient at that point but I had no choice but to listen to it and you know we are both happier we are both happier. I, I, I know I am and I truly believe that he is as well. And we've both got, you know, an opportunity to live the rest of our lives in the way that we're supposed to rather than struggling on in a relationship that was past its sell-by date, making each other increasingly miserable. And and this is the rub for me. I know I would have died a little more inside every single day if I'd have carried on. And, and that's... That's the um, like that's the that's the reason why it's really important to listen to my intuition because if I don't, I feel as though I'm dying. That's amazing and and so powerful and I really resonate with that with my previous relationships and you know a word came up when you were saying about <clears throat> not only were you intuitively doing what was right for you, it was actually right for your ex-partner you actually gave him a gift as well as yourself and the dog and the cat yeah yeah and the dog and the cat um (laughs) you know and and this is this is the thing and I, I resonate so much with that story with a couple of my exes where you know it was really sort of this like oh I'm really sad like I don't want to let this go that human self that that wants relationships it wants that connection really struggles to let go because it has that fear of not getting it again and blah 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 
But there's just that intuitive, again, that navigation system that just knows you need to walk away, you need to let go. Um, And once the dust has settled, because like you say, it's freaking inconvenient. It's financially expensive. It's logistically a nightmare. Um, But once the dust has settled, you start to feel alive again. And like you say, you stop that, that, that sense of each day part of you just slowly starts to die I really can resonate with that you know whether that was yeah relationships um with work life and this is the tricky thing about intuition is it does have our back it knows what's best for us it really does it's just that human self doesn't often agree (laughs) it doesn't often understand it but the the results and the opportunities and the new experiences that on that are on the other side are really truly worth it. And I've gone through some ex- what feels like physical pain emotionally and mentally when I know I've got to change my circumstances. And I'm there going, I'm listening to my intuition here, but this is really uncomfortable and really painful. But I knew I just, I had to follow through because it is so easy to stay in that comfort zone because that's what the human self wants. It wants that cosy comfort. It wants what's easy. Can't blame it. No. Can't blame it at all. But following through with your intuition, yes, it is painful. It's it's like any storm. It's uncomfortable. You've got to batten down the hatches. But eventually that storm will clear. It really will. And it's it's brighter and smoother and um, it's better on the other side. Tis like going through a storm, though. <laughs> or, a, you know, a little war or something. And if I think, you know, I mean, in, in recovery, I think it's been a wonderful opportunity to me, for me to get in touch with my intuition more. But when I look back... It was always there and at times it made itself known and I got an absolute drive to do something. Moving back to Brighton when I was 27 was one of those things. I'd been in the Midlands um, in Birmingham where I grew up. I'd moved back there for a a little while Um, and I think after I'd been there about 18 months I suddenly got this absolute yearning to move back to Brighton where I had um, been to university and, you know, stayed on a bit longer and I still had a lot of friends there. I still felt so fondly about the place. But more than that, it felt as though it was like a spiritual home of sorts and I, and I needed, I needed to get back there. It was like I almost couldn't breathe properly unless I was thinking about how I could get back there and and, and moving back there. And again, it didn't really make a lot of sense. And, you know, certainly some of the people around me, um, because I was prepared to just move there and not have work to go to and just temp or do whatever it took to move down there. And, you know, some of the people around me, you know, thought that was ridiculous. It didn't stack up. It didn't stack up at all. I would have absolutely done it. Fortunately, I, I did. I was assisted once I'd made the decision. I happened to look in the newspaper at the jobs pages. I never did that. 
I did it about twice a year. I happened to look in the Guardian newspaper and I saw a job that was perfect for me down in Brighton and I applied and I got it and I stayed there for 12 years, you know, working my way through. And it was a good job for me at the time and it meant I could move back down to Brighton with the blessing of the people around me. So I would have done it without, but I but I got everything I needed to do it really peacefully. But that was an intuitive decision because it would have been a lot easier just to stay where I was and cheaper easier cheaper more convenient but I would have died a little bit every day without listening to that and there is a synchronicity I think that comes with intuition as well the the the, the two are related it's like intuition helps me get in touch with the synchronicity of everything around me and the synchronicity of everything around me helps me to get deeper into my intuition and know what the next thing is because there might be things around me that I hear see somebody says Um, And I interpret them as signs for me, signposts along the way. Yes, you're going the right way or not that way, this way. Yeah, fantastic. And and, and a word that popped up for me was faith. Mm. It's trusting yourself and just having faith that those steps, those synchronicities will align and will just present themselves and you know and as we know you know I've, I've had a sort of bumpy couple of weeks being here but the last week or so I've, I've really improved on my sleep and and reduced my my triggers uh, my hyperarousals come down tremendously and all of a sudden you know some insane opportunities have, have come up what is a maybe somebody's just asked me some a colleague's asked me something um but then somebody else has has offered me a fantastic opportunity that I'm working with them and it's just kind of like oh here's the magic trusting that into you know that intuition and having faith that all will be well and you know life isn't um uh, it's a roller coaster it's not an easy smooth ride it is a roller coaster and you know for me you know when I look back with not listening to my intuition okay I was in a very very bad state after my brother died you know hold up my hands you know I had a drinking problem for the first six plus months and it came back again a couple of years later and I was in a relationship with somebody that wasn't right for me um but at the time it was what I needed but I remember really just you know lacking so much love for myself it was just yeah and you know I was I was going against my intuition a lot of the time and I remember thinking it was very overpowering it was my intuition was telling me one thing but my sort of female biology slash trauma response of fear of abandonment yet again fear and all these stories were coming up like oh if you if you don't go with this one no one's ever going to love you again you know if they're willing to to be with you when you're in this state then you know they must be worth pursuing but my intuition I know looking back was going really are you sure you want to do this and I wish I'd listened to it, but you know, I, I did learn a lot. Um, and also, you know, in that relationship, it was very expensive <laughs> for me. Again, my relationship with money at the time, 
I'd never been like it, but it was because of post-trauma with losing my brother. Um, you know, I really just was like, what is the point of money? It doesn't matter. And, and sadly, I made some decisions and involved my parents and, you know, deeply regret it today. But, you know, they've been amazing and understanding. But, you know, it was a very, very expensive experience and, and relationship. Um, and I realised that, yeah, I should have listened to my intuition because it, it really knows best. It's it's a bit like that parent or that person in your life that when you don't listen to it, it goes, I told you so. I warned you yesterday. <laughs> Do you not remember me telling you about this, that this wasn't a good idea? It's like, okay, fine. I'm hearing you now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, we do. Have, there are ways, aren't there, of getting the message across, however painfully. And, you know, if I think about my biggest, one of my biggest teachers with regarding intuition, it's my own body. It's my own body. This is one of the things I was thinking about overnight when I, you know, I was awake in the night for a little bit. I often am. And, you know, sometimes I think about things that are not important at all. And sometimes I think about things and they're quite useful. And this was one of them. I thought, yes, my body is my teacher. And this is something I've been aware of for quite a while. Um, I've had um, a bad shoulder for, gosh, I mean, when did it happen? The end of last July. So, I mean, you know, it's about, I don't know, nine, eight, nine months, something like that now. And, uh, and I got it because I dived off a high diving board because I'm a thrill seeker. And I used to do that a lot when I was a kid. And uh, I dived off a high diving board like I used to when I was a kid, but I hadn't done it for 20 plus years. And my body is older now. And so um, I tore something in my shoulder and, you know, ever since I've been in, you know, some pain with it and uh, I was going to go and get it sorted, you know, or I was going to go to the, the GP in the UK about it. But then I was coming to Greece and I thought, oh, there isn't time to get the necessary referrals to physio or any of that. So I'll just do what I can. And, and what has come to me actually since I've been in Greece is that my body is my teacher because I am a little, I'm quite hypermobile, especially on my right hand side in my shoulder, my arm, my wrist on my right hand side, my uh, my knee, my ankle on my right hand side there. All my whole body is a bit hypermobile is hypermobile actually. And I, and I, and and when I was young that was brilliant because it meant I was really good at gymnastics. As I get older it, it leaves me prone to you know, aches and pains and arthritis and things like that, which is, you know, not great. So anyway, my right shoulder has always been I've almost been able to almost dislocate it at will and, you know, do things that other people in yoga classes could not do. So that made me look really good. The thing is that this example is just, I now intuitively know what I have to work on is really relaxing and stabilizing that joint that's what I need to do and you know and I and I it's something to do with pulling my rib cage in so that my ribs don't flare it's something to do with pulling my right shoulder blade down and in so that everything is secure and my body's taught me that I have not needed to go to a, a specialist to like work out what's going on in my own body and and I do I've done that quite a lot over the years <coughs> With one thing and another, because I've had various sort of physical things, you know, that haven't been great. 
And and sure, you know, professionals and specialists have been helpful and have had their place, but there is nothing quite as useful to me as really knowing and accepting that there's something that I need to look at and what can I do to help it. It's, it's the ultimate taking responsibility for myself when I take responsibility for my physical container. So that's just an example mm. that, you know, has come to me over the last few weeks. And there's, there's plenty of other physical ones as well, but intuitively knowing what is good for me and what isn't good for me physically. But you've touched on a point that, you know, I've, I've observed and, and come across so many people saying that, and, and read as well, that um, HSPs are so often intuitively attuned to their body more than non-HSPs and so therefore we know when something isn't right we're going hang on a minute my body shouldn't be doing this well we feel it more it's more uncomfortable it's more intense exactly and quite often going to the doctors and stuff we just intuitively know what to say or we can intuitively go do you know what it's around this part of my body I I think it might be this or this you know we're we're just so much more um yeah intuitively aware of, of what's what's going wrong and that's why I think HSPs make phenomenal doctors and nurses um because quite often you know they just intuitively get a hunch they just intuitively know yes you've got your x-rays you've got your scans you've got your blood tests you've got all those science-backed things which are absolutely fantastic but sometimes as we are now as a as a world starting to to accept that you know there's acute illnesses um, but there's also, you know, there's too many autoimmune um, diseases that, that there's there's a cause. Um, where am I going with this? Chronic conditions? Yeah, it's chronic conditions that we... Um, that's it, that's what I'm trying to say, is that doctors um, and healthcare professionals, they just sort of... They might go, well, you're presenting these symptoms, but let's just can we just try this? And they'll sort of intuitively know, well, let's try this diet or let's try this exercise or let's try this treatment. And they'll often just intuitively know um, what's going to help people rather than going down the sort of textbook avenue of, well, we'll stick you on these pills and we'll hope it works. Because like you say, with these chronic conditions, pills aren't going to do the job every single time um it's it's normally a cause maybe a change in their life in their lifestyle in their eating habits in their exercises in their mental health with their traumas like there's a whole list of of why people have um chronic illnesses so i think hsps in these industries are just sorely needed because they just have that little um guiding system that just enables them to treat people more effectively yeah, you know, they, they they don't they look outside of the box. You know, they look at a lot of angles. Looking beyond the most obvious symptoms, I think, yeah, and and to like all the way that the person is functioning in the world um, as a package. Yeah, 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 you know, the good old holistic, you know, mm. holistic functional sort of medicine angle. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and actually, you know, it was something along those lines that started me off on my, you know, it's what started it all, really. Age 29, I experienced burnout for the first time. 29, 28, I was 29. Uh, and I couldn't work for 
three, I think I had to take three or four months off work, had to get signed off by the GP. Now, if I'd have had, you know, all the medical tests in the world, I don't suppose they would have shown anything at all. But I remembered years before somebody had mentioned this condition called candida, which at the time nobody had heard of. And I didn't, and I didn't, I'd never heard of it then either. This was, you know, gosh, in the early 90s. And, um, and yet, you know, nearly 10 years later, that word came into my head and I thought, I wonder if that's something to do with why I'm so exhausted and why I can hardly walk up the stairs and why I keep crying and why I am so confused and foggy headed and, and what's going on. And, um, and I ended up buying a book about Candida and I was just like, well, this book is describing me. And although now, you know, more than 20 years on, things have moved on in the way that particular condition is um, seen and addressed. At the time, I was using the best information available and I was able to really make some good dents in my own healing by remembering a word that's one word that somebody had said to me nearly a decade before, buying some books, seeing a nutritional therapist at the time, and also really trusting what my body was telling me. And I had never done that in my life. This was at the point when I was still drinking and using. And and that was overriding a lot of my gut instinct because that mm-hmm. compulsion to do that. And yet I was able to not drink for three months I still smoked weed every day you know I mean I had to have something I didn't have a program to you know get in between that but yeah and that was actually the start of my thirst for the non-material the spiritual the intuitive the because I came from a very logical science fear-based background and that 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 crisis was the start of everything for me. So listening to my intuition at that point, instead of at that point, you know, throwing myself, you know, um, you know, at, at the mercy of the NHS for all the tests available, I knew it was nothing that I just knew. Mm. I knew it wasn't cancer or anything like that. I just knew it wasn't. Um, that doesn't run in my family at all. My family uh, it has a history of chronic conditions that you know, the medical profession are not actually that great at dealing with. So I knew that this was something that I had to deal with myself and I'm really glad I did. Mm. Good. Yeah. yeah. So can we mention maybe a couple of examples of how it how it shows up, how it might, people that are new to yeah. connecting with their intuition, you know, what, what examples, um, why might it feel like in the body... Um, I know I touched on it's just this knowing, isn't it? It's just this unexplainable feeling, maybe idea. It's a knowing. Uh, it's kind of an impulse, but it come. It's got to come from a really conscious, grounded, heart-centered space rather than erratic, impulsive. Yeah. It's got to come from a very deep deep place that we just can't explain yes it's it's like a a drive to do something but it's not like it's a gentle drive it's It's not not a dopamine hit it's not an impulsive Mm. drive it is 
the best way I can describe it is it is an inner knowing that my compass points this way. Absolutely. My inner compass is is just guiding me to do this. My inner sat-nav wants to go this way. My inner sat-nav, <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. Um, and, and I think the... the um, Tapping into my emotions around the choices between following that <clears throat> satnav, that inner satnav direction, and ignoring that direction are really important signs for me to know should I follow what my inner compass is saying or not. So if I feel both peaceful and excited. At the same time, I usually know it's the right thing. However, with things like ending a relationship, that is neither peaceful nor exciting. But if I think of the alternative of, of, of you know, staying in a situation that isn't right for me, does it make me feel dead somehow? Does it make me feel as though I'm stagnant? Stagnant. Mm. Does it make... It's really a choice between am I am I moving towards life or am I moving towards death? Which am I doing? Yeah, no, fantastic. I love those. And and I want to stress that it's like a muscle. You know, like I said, kids are really good at it. And then sadly, you know, it gets sort of, yeah. Anyway, so it's like a muscle and it takes a bit of practice. But, you know, just keep listening to it, keep acting on it and it will get stronger and stronger. And you'll begin to trust yourself more. You'll have less doubts um and like i said you know it, there is this sort of um expansive grounded enthusiastic energy that comes with things that feel like the right decision and quite often you'll feel really good for making that decision with it and then for 24 this is me anyway 24 hours i'm feeling really good i'm like woohoo a massive weight is off my so like, oh, I feel, yeah, fantastic. I've made the right decision. And then and then the next day, it kind of hits me like, oh, shit, the logistics of this is a headache. Okay, now the real work's got to happen. And that's really normal, isn't it? It, it? You could get that sort of initial euphoria, excited, expansive flow. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm going towards life and, and light. But then the next day, sort of reality kicks in and it's like, oh yeah, okay, actually there's, there's a lot of work involved, but no, it's okay, I've made the decision, this is good. And then, you know, um, yeah, you get on with the work, whatever that is. Um, and what I found really helpful is asking it yes and no questions, really starting to play with yes and no, rather than saying, asking a question and expecting a really profound answer, like that's not always going to yeah, happen. Like, what should I do? Yeah. Right. That's too broad a question. Yeah. But if it's, should, should I, I take this job? Yes, no. Yeah, exactly. And then think about, how does it feel when I say yes? What's going on in my body? Yeah. How does it feel when I say no? Yeah. What's going on in my body when I say, say no? Yeah. And there is, for me, 
an expansive, a very slight, very subtle feeling of expansion in my body when I hit on the right response. And, yes, and or I no. find like a leaning forward mm. sort of happens, whereas if it's a no, it's almost like I kind of lean back. It's a really mm. um, interesting. I mean, I've looked into kinesiology, but that that's a whole different subject matter but you know really see what your body's doing ask those yes and no questions and to begin with keep it really simple it doesn't need to be profound stuff like i don't know i'm going to start a new business and it what what's it going to be and you know it doesn't have to be really disruptive things you know just really keep it simple if you're not too sure you know should i drink water or have a sugar drink yes or no like keep it really really simple is it should i go out for a walk today yes or no um i had another good example which should was, i work today or should i have a rest day which do i oh, need yeah and that's it and this is a great one to start with because hsps do struggle with this social events oh that's great it's a really good one to start with and that really was really helped for me for me in the early days with friendships as in you know I used to see say a lot more friends before I really started to own and know what my needs were um and I I was starting to experiment with should I see this friend this week do I need more self-care time do I need to actually do some more work on my business do I actually want to do some painting do I want to go for a walk? You know, really keep it simple. But those social events are, are really important. I know so many people do struggle with family commitments, events, friendship commitments and, and events. So they're quite a good thing to start with, aren't they? they you know, are. your, your needs matter. So it's what feels right for you. Yeah, they are, absolutely. And in terms of, you know, ways to perhaps get in touch with intuition, um, I mean, you know, the, the classic one is always meditation. Yes. You know, me- meditate, get some stillness. Because yeah. if my mind and body are busy, you know, with my day, with my life, trying to make decisions from my head, well, the, there's no room for intuition to, to make itself known. So a little bit of quiet time, a little bit of stillness. Another really good one, and I know we both do this, is the kind of the, the free writing, the journaling in the form of, you know, the three the three pages of writing first thing in the morning as described in The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. That, over time, has been a very good way for me to get in touch with my intuition. And then the, the other one that I find is, you know, and I, and I, I can do this because I live alone but to be honest even when I didn't I used to find opportunities to do this I sometimes find myself saying out loud the thing that's right for me I'll be like oh yeah I really don't want to do that or I really wish I hadn't said that. It comes out in verbal form. It escapes from my body and that I have to listen to that because once it's out, I can't pretend I didn't hear myself say it. But it's such a good point because that's that whole, whoops, I'm thinking out loud. Yeah. And that's your intuition. That's what kids do. They yes, just they come do. out with the truth. They come out with the truth. It's unfiltered. Yeah. And you've touched on something just then about um, making sure you're in stillness. And I'm definitely very experienced with this. When my nervous system shot to pieces or it's not stable enough, making decisions in that state is is not 
advisable I mean obviously if it's a life and death situation that's totally different um and if you've got certain responsibilities but in in hindsight I wish I'd had the awareness and knowledge years ago of not making decisions um in in a state of shock state of trauma PTSD you know sleep deprivation Mm -hmm. um I found listening to my intuition then didn't always, it wasn't always, um, yeah, right. Yeah. That's absolutely right. And you you just reminded me, um, yeah, there's all sorts of conditions in which intuition gets quite muffled Mm. and you you talked about some of them. The other one is when I'm physically not very well. If I've got a cold or a virus or something, my intuition is not operating very, you know, I can't hear it because um, it's overlaid by illness, really, and and negative thoughts and like, oh, everything's going to go wrong. I feel so poorly. I feel so terrible. I feel so sorry for myself. I'm really worried about everything. So what I do when I I'm not very well is I um, give myself permission to not make any decisions and not really try too hard to get in touch with my intuition about anything other than what do I need to do to take care of myself today and I do that I think another way you know when intuition is not clear-cut um, and this sort of you know blurs into you know making decisions is I might think, mm, yes, I think I'm going to say yes to that opportunity, you know, that business opportunity, that work opportunity or, or whatever it is. I think I'm or maybe I'm going to reach out about this, you know, this potential opportunity. Maybe I'm going to do that, but I don't need to decide today. I'm going to give it in one of the programs I'm in, we wait 24 to 7, in fact, ideally 72 hours between having, uh, you know, uh, an idea, a thought about doing something and actually doing it. So the kind of 24, 48 or 72 hour rule is really good. Just let that percolate a little bit like when you said, let's do a, an episode about intuition last night. And I went, oh, I don't know. And then this morning I was like, I'm so up for I'm it. it. <laughs> it's a yeah. great idea. Um, and then the other thing, I think that's really good is um, you know meditation's wonderful the stillness but also get moving physically bit of exercise big for me a walk a walk in nature a walk by the sea walking (laughs) just gentle movement really get everything moving and and then I don't need to actively think about this I can just again let it percolate in my subconscious and let my body do the work but yeah finishing off you did make such a good point that sometimes we can get instant answers Mm. but there are times when we we can ask the question and we need to give it a bit of time and then we get the answer and that's that's so true for me sometimes it's instant and sometimes I'm like I just need to sit with that percolate and it will come to me yeah, otherwise, you know, we'd all just be shooting from the hip all exactly. the time, wouldn't we? We'd just be like going around going, pow, 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 pow. My intuition tells yeah. me I've got to... Well, I don't know. I mean, you know, I personally would be living a life of chaos. Well, I did if it I at one point. On yeah, I did at one point. Guilty as charged. Yeah, so if we had, you know, an invitation for people around intuition, what 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 would it be? Mine would Start be small. Yeah, Start just give small, give it some time. Steps, yeah. Play with it. 
Yeah. And and when you don't think it's there, it's it's just it's figuring it out for you. It it needs a bit of time to mm. to know the pros and the cons mm. of the situation. So yeah, don't don't lose heart with it. No. It's always there. And I I think, you know, as HSPs, we have the opportunity to really use our intuition to a very deep and profound level to ultimately help our lives to be everything we want them to be you know I'm not there yet but I'm definitely on the way and 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 that really is by taking it one step at a time and checking in with myself and my higher power is this the right thing and it's okay to take one you know two steps forward and one step back sometimes as well you know I don't always get it right yeah exactly we, we don't always get it no. right and and that's yeah. That's necessary. That's all part of it. Yeah, and, and, and I'll finish off actually. Prime examples are, are where you intuitively feel excited to do something um, or enthused to do something. So you're like, well, this feels good. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it. And then maybe six weeks later, six months later, you're like, oh, this isn't working for me anymore. Like, that's actually okay. You were still meant to have that experience, even though it didn't work out in the way you thought it was. You know, everything's a constant progress. It's it's a moving machine constantly trying to get you in the direction that your heart and soul wants to go um, and that's best for you. And, and, and it just, it, it's not always smooth, you know. Like you say, it, it is definitely one step forward, two steps back, but it's always in the right direction. Yeah, always yeah. in the right direction. So, well, thank you for choosing this topic today, Alicia. You're very welcome, and I'm, I'm glad that the magic worked in 24 hours. I knew it would, because you had some gold. You really had some gold for today. Thank you so much for joining us today. We really hope you enjoyed listening to us. As always, we'd really love to hear um, your comments, your questions, and we'd be so grateful if you could subscribe, review, and share our podcast. Please join us for next week's episode when we'll be talking with Mandy St. Clair about her experiences of being a high sensory person. Bye for now. Bye for now. Yay, sister. I love that. Because, like, was it this morning or yesterday? I always have this with these fucking episodes where I'm like, oh, I don't know if I don't want to do podcasts anymore. Like, I'm getting really, like, Ugh. Like, oh, they've lost their... It's like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm like... And I said to myself, Alicia, you did this all the time back in the UK. That The minute you got on with Zoom with Jane at 10am, you lit up and magic happened. I'm like, okay, fine. And then today... I think that was really good. Yeah, the magic happened, baby. It did. The magic happened. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you. <laughs>